3: I am awake.
1: Welcome to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Hey, we discuss local and national native news and events, and as you know, Haley, native issues are human issues, and human issues are are native issues
4: you are right Dega this portion of the show is supported by Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon supporting Native news and events from Natives themselves Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon
1: hey I'm like a broken clock I'm right twice a day and uh it's good it's good I just gotta keep on touch of that hey uh good news uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press uh put out an article uh that they will never go down to uh walk on the area again and it'll never happen again and uh so good things are coming out and i know uh maggie lorenz put out a uh press release uh today i believe this morning and there's some really good stuff on that i'm kind of looking for it right now but uh before i before i get too far into that i uh want to say hey we got leah coming back on today uh and uh Leah Hale, and she's uh, with the uh, PBS Twin Cities producer, and has the movie out uh, that uh, that with uh, our friend uh, Henry Boucher, and then we're going to be talking to Norma uh, Nor Norma Flying Horse, and she's a award-winning designer, and we're going to be talking about uh, some of the things that are going on going on in. Uh, the field of design, and you know, we always have a problem with design. Design sometimes means appropriation. Design, uh, you know, there's every year you can go to some place like Target and find a really cool designed uh, uh, native stolen, you know, and they say native native inspired, but native stolen designs, and uh, we ran into a lot of that uh, at the fair too, the state, Minnesota state fair. And I think, um, anywhere where you get, uh, any kind of, uh, uh, artists out there or art fair, there is some appropriation. Um, I remember there was a person who I really liked and she had butterflies out there at the state fair. And, uh, but she also had a couple of dream catchers and that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, uh, things that, uh, they put up by their bed to catch dreams and bad dreams. And, uh, um, it's funny. You see people put them in their car and put them everywhere. And it's just like, are you, uh, are you dreaming and driving at the same time? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, you know, it one of the good things about the show is we try to, um, uh, you know, talk to our listeners that don't know and trying to educate them and, uh, you know the the things like uh dream catchers have become really pan pan native and uh there but they really have deep roots in the Ojibwe uh, uh Ojibwe people and uh it's it's crazy how that that happens uh, you know and i don't know we're pretty excited today uh what's the name of the movie again uh the documentary about henry boucher and it's like it's a really a bummer because I'm gonna be in Madison, so I can't go, but I'm gonna try and get a screener and then and uh, um and, and get uh, get to see that documentary on Henry,
4: yeah, well, uh, so Leah Hale, it's her documentary, um and this is called The Electric Indian, and uh, it'll be showing here in Minneapolis tomorrow night,
1: and are you going, Haley?
4: I am. You know I am. I already got my tickets. I'm uh-huh. excited. Hoping Dr. Stately saves me a seat front row.
1: There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, good luck with that.
4: <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> but uh, I'm sure, you know, uh, well, his sons are in it and he's excited. I saw one of the pitchers, promo pitchers, and uh, it had Henry standing in the middle of the ice. And it looked like two uh, young natives were skating around him. And uh, I imagine that's uh That is uh, uh, Dr. Stately's sons uh, whipping by him. I
4: know. How cool is that?
1: Yeah, really cool. And I know he's really excited, and we're really excited, too. And, you know, it's such a a, a balancing act. We have a Native American uh, filmmaker doing a story on a Native American, and that's what we like. And then what we're going to be talking about a little later is things that we don't like and appropriation. And, um, you know, I, I always have to say too, when we, when we get to this interview, Haley, that a Custer, you know, general custard had, uh, he had native scouts. So, Hey, you know, (laughs) we got some, Mm -hmm. we got to be careful out there. Who's, who's representing us and who's, uh, uh, you know, speaking for us because I know, um, when we were, Ho-Chunks were signing treaties, there's a story where they sent people to Washington finally to sign the treaty in the 1800s when they were trying to remove them from Wisconsin and uh, slowly remove them. But they sent uh, finally sent uh, people from the tribe, the Ho-Chunk tribe, that uh, um, were in the wrong clan. They didn't make these decisions. So it was, it was funny they sent them on purpose because whatever papers they were trying to force them to, to sign... Would not be legal or uh looked upon to the ho-chunk people so i I think that's kind of funny um that that kind of thinking was going on even back then
4: exactly right and i think you know it goes it's more than just fashion and in clothing pieces too i've been to places where i've seen you know like you said dream catchers um and, you know, just made of plastic and very cheap materials, materials that are not sacred and don't hold meaning to us as Native people. So I'm not sure how well those work, but um, I, I seen a lot of over the summer it was people selling wild rice mm-hmm. by the bags. And I would ask them, I would say, hey, hey where do you guys get your wild rice from? Like, I want to know where this comes from. Who do you who do you buy it from? And they they could never tell me. Yeah. And I can tell you that they were non-native people,
1: right? Well, and I'll, I'll tell you if you go on to that Amazon, they got Minnesota wild rice, and uh, you don't know where that there's that's they're selling it there, and you don't know who's selling it and what's selling it, and uh, and we did hear about that. A few things about um, farms mm-hmm. up there, hidden hidden up there, growing it and. I I don't know, was it the university was helping with them? And so there's all this weird, bizarre things where they're trying to help, but they're not really helping.
4: Yeah, more so like endangering the crop itself and the species and its original DNA of the plant, so not good at all.
1: Right, and I don't know if you remember this at all, but, I mean, for years we're always talking about about, uh, GMO. And the farmers that were fighting that years ago to put up like GMO a GMO corn uh, were getting fined when they put their own seeds out there, and that weren't GMO. And um, so Ooh. this has been going on. Things like this have been going on. The battle. I mean, you look at look at uh, native corn. It's purple. It's red. It's polka dots. It's not the the bright yellow non. Uh, non-healthy right. uh food
4: <laughs> i know and that's funny you bring the corn up too because i was uh out at a local uh we could say pumpkin patch around my area here and so they had a sign saying indian corn
1: yeah
4: so it was cool yeah there's a lot of different uh colors of corn so right? i would yeah look into that it's cool anyway so you're going to be back in town uh from madison this weekend Diga?
1: Yes, yes, Fr- uh, Friday Whoa. we'll be doing a, a reunion show, not together, but I'll be, I guess, in the in the cities uh, Friday. So I'll be back late Thursday.
3: Awesome. awesome. But,
1: uh, I'll be doing the show from uh, Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin live. And we tested that out. So all else fails, you know, something doesn't happen. <laughs>
4: yeah, well, there's the Shakopee, Midwakatan and Sioux communities winter Wachipi winter powwow is happening this weekend.
1: It's always a good one. It's
4: always a good one.
1: And uh, again, if if uh, all else fails, Haley, you'll you'll run a best of. Hoa. <laughs> hey, Native Roots Radio presents. I'm awake, and up next, uh, Leah Hale. We'll be right back. <laughs>
4: The city of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune into Minneapolis AIR on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month, right here on AM 950. Become
1: a teacher in ignite change. Join the St. Paul Urban Residency Program to become a teacher in just 15 months. You can earn your master's degree and teaching license from the University of St. Thomas while earning a $30,000 stipend, single health care, and dental benefits. As an added bonus, next year's cohort, all residents will receive $20,000 towards their tuition. Apply now. Applications due February 28, 2024. Visit spps.org backslash s-u-t-r.
3: As we pack away the ornaments and bid farewell to the holiday season, it's time to unwrap the gift that keeps on giving, getting protected by a COVID-19 vaccination. This is your chance to make a difference, especially as our Native communities face higher COVID numbers. Those higher numbers underscore the need for collective action. So answer the call and get vaccinated. The latest vaccines are not just authorized, but they're proven effective against the current variants. This is extra protection, even if you've already had previous vaccines, since previous vaccines will eventually wear off. Plus, the new shots are FDA approved for ages six months and up. A COVID vaccine is not just a shot. It's a pledge to safeguard the wisdom and stories handed down by our elders. So join the movement, get vaccinated and make 2024 the healthiest year ever ever securing a brighter future for our Native community. For more information, including details about clinics offering free vaccines, visit vaccines.gov.
2: You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome
1: back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot.
4: This portion of the show is supported by the minnesota indian women's sexual assault coalition
1: hey i want to welcome back uh leah hale producer director of the electric indian and we are so excited to talk about wednesday night uh, welcome again
5: hi thank you for having me back i really appreciate it
1: we hey, appreciate we appreciate you and haley says hi Haley who does all the work here as you as you're figuring out Leah that uh, in her correspondence hey uh, I have a quick question before we get into the who what where Um, how did you come up with the name the electric Indian
5: yeah that's a really fun story so um, it was actually during one of our sit-down interviews for the film I believe it was Oh, I'm I'm a little nervous right now cuz I'm forgetting the name, but it was Henry's Olympic hockey coach that actually um I want to say Murray Williamson.
1: Oh, Mor- Murray Warmouth?
5: Um I'm so sorry his name is um I I'm, I'm lost right now. I can't think it of the name. Mar- Murray It, it might have been, but I have a feeling it's Williamson. Murray oh. Williamson <laughs> but anyhow during um, Henry's past Olympic hockey coach um, we asked if we could interview him to talk about Henry's time on the team and um, when he referred to Henry he he said during his interview um, we used to call Henry the electric Indian <laughs> wow. so um, it was actually during one of his uh, during his interview that that came that the, the title of the film came about because he, you know, just explained why they called him that and just really talked about his nickname. So it was his nickname.
1: Wow. Okay. Cool. But back in the Olympics, where when he won the silver silver medal for, uh, I believe it was the seventy two Olympic team.
4: Yes, mm-hmm. seventy two. And the coach oh, was murray williamson by the way yes
1: oh i'm so
5: glad i'm right <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i was wrong there you go haley there you go. Glad
5: i could help you out there Leah.
1: <laughs> hey, so let's talk about uh what's coming up here the 31st at 7 p.m there's a post screening and conversation with director leah hale uh where is this going to be and uh how can people get there is it sold out or what's happening
5: I'm not too sure if it's sold out, but um, if anyone's out there and they follow me on Facebook, they could definitely look on my Facebook page or go directly to the Minnesota Film Society. Also has a link to it. Or they could just look up the theater. It's going to be held at the main cinema in um, Minneapolis. So if you Google search any of those, um, which is... Also another um, way into it is the film screening is actually a part of the Great Northern Film Festival. So if you look up the Great Northern um, Festival online, that's another way that you could find your way to um, purchasing a ticket. So I not—I haven't received any updates right now on um, how, how many are left, but it's definitely worth a try.
1: Absolutely. Hey, and there's a pre-reception at 6.30 before the 7 p.m. film. And then plus, uh, you will be in attendance with special guests to be a uh, post-screening conversation. Oh, that sounds really good. Uh, that sounds <laughs> intriguing.
5: Yeah, um, definitely. I wanted to make sure that some of my, or hopefully most of my film production team will show up because I wanted to... Recognize them as well Um, after the film concludes. I wanted to take some time to, um, you know, just talk a little bit about the role and, you know, the effort it takes for a team to come together to do a production like this. So it would be um, a good opportunity if you're interested in film to get a listen on, you know, just the the behind-the-scenes skills that it takes to put a documentary together.
1: So this was all on 4K video, right? And edited on Adobe Premiere or...
5: Yeah, if it was edited in Adobe Premiere, um, we actually um, we edit with a low resolution because you know it gets difficult yeah. having so much footage and editing it in four K. So um, that's kind of like what my role is in the beginning. Um, I'm not only the director and producer, but I'm also an offline editor. So I'm the person that. Um, You know, figures out the storylines and how they interweave with each other and bring the bring it to a rough cut and then finally hand it off to an online editor, which is definitely, you know, somebody skilled in color correction and motion graphics and those types of things.
1: But you get to look over their shoulder while they're editing, right?
5: Yeah, definitely. It's almost uh, uh, um, a time for me to start focusing on other aspects of the project Mm -hmm. as well. It's nice to kind of just hand it over to somebody and let them work their magic on it and utilize Mm -hmm. their talent and skills to enhance it even further.
1: That's what's exciting about, uh, there was a film called The Usual Suspects years, uh, years ago. It was one of my favorite films in the 90s. And there were two young guys, young in their 20s, that did that movie. And it was an awesome movie. And uh, there was a character called Kaiser Soze in it. And um, nobody knew who it was. And the long story short is they had a veteran editor edit that film and they really didn't know who kaiser sozi was either at the end so <laughs> editing is a very powerful uh, job
5: yeah to me i think that's where the story actually comes to life you know um it does take a lot of time to craft the story together or else you know it's just like home footage <laughs> so yeah. you really have to take time and figuring out you know what the story you're going to tell what themes that you want to come across you know what moments are gonna push the story forward and you know there's just so many different elements you have to consider when crafting a story so it does take um it does take a lot of time
1: yeah you know his book uh Henry Boucher Ojibwe Native American Olympian um talks about the ups and downs of his life especially after really getting his career taken away at such a young age and he was such a great hockey player um uh, to come out of the united states and come out of war and come out of minnesota uh it's it's a double-edged sword when you think about his story because it is pretty sad but it's also about like you said in our last interview uh resilience
5: yeah i totally agree with that I'm, you know, really, I think when people first learn about this story, they're going to think that we're going to just learn about, you know, uh, uh, which is true. A lot of the focus is on his hockey career, but really where the story really takes off is what he does once hockey was taken away from him. And um, to me, when you think about all of us can relate to that, you know, when you really work hard towards something and put your 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 whole heart into it. And then if it gets taken away, you know, is that um, incident going to make you or break you? Are you going to find, you know, um, are you going to utilize whatever platform or whatever skill and talent that you are so excellent in? how are you going to utilize that to um, not only benefit, you know, yourself and your family, but benefit a community and the the larger community. So to me, I really, um, you know, just like those ups and downs. And it's, it's really relatable to everyone, all all audiences.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In the last 10 years of his life, I got to meet him and hang out with him. And he was really big in the the mascots, uh, anti-mascot, and uh, really uh, brought in a lot of power because he was a name. He was able to, to open doors, uh, interviews on places that normal Native Americans wouldn't be able to speak their truth. And he had a lot of cre- credibility to use that in a good way in his last 10 years of his life.
5: Yeah, I agree. I I think he was, you know, a great advocate on a lot of many of our Native American issues that we face. And I think he was, you know, um, a great storyteller at that as well. He was just, you know, amazing at, you know, using, utilizing his, um, you know, his fame and his expertise and his access to a larger audience to really bring attention to many of the issues that we face still today.
1: Absolutely. Hey, we're here with director, producer, Aleah Hale, and we're talking about The Electric Indian, a documentary about the late, great Henry Boucher here. Uh, and we are talking about also that there's going to be a reception at 6.30 and the film will be showed at 7.00. And there will be a conversation and uh, questions afterwards. And we're really excited to talk about this we only got a minute left and I know you're really busy prepping up Uh, give us where it is again and uh, and uh, how to get tickets
5: Um, so it's going to be at the main cinema which is in Minneapolis I actually don't know the address off the top of my head right now but you can look it up on um by google search by looking um for the main cinema which is also can be found through the minneapolis um film society mm-hmm. and, or you can also look up the great northern film festival and look at their um showings and you'll find the electric indian um option on that page as well the great right northern on. film festival
1: yeah it's across uh the river of the city there uh if you're familiar with the stone arch bridge it's across the street there it's uh it's awesome hey congratulations i'm gonna be out of town but uh haley will be there representing native roots radio and i will be and make sure i will be at the next uh next showing so pinigigi congratulations and have a great evening tomorrow night
5: thank you so much um thank you
1: we'll talk to you later hey This is Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break.
2: As we age, it's important to invest in our health and to help protect it. Like the flu, COVID-19 is always changing. That's why it's important to stay up to date on your vaccines. By getting the flu and COVID-19 vaccines, you can renew your body's defenses and lower the risk of getting sick. Get your health boost and protect yourself against the flu and COVID-19. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Life can be hard.
1: Sometimes it feels like there's no answers, like there's no way out. Hennepin County's Cope Mobile Crisis Response is here to listen and help you find a way through whatever is going on in your life. Call 612-596-1223. For no cost crisis support anytime, anywhere in Hennepin County. That number is 612 596 1223.
3: JS Bean Factory is a native owned, community supported, cozy artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages, writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff.
4: The City of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis A.I.R. A.I.R. stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's native communities. Minneapolis Air dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune into Minneapolis Air on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month right here on AM 950.
2: Signing up for $1 bus and train rides with the Transit Assistance Program, or TAP, is quick and easy. Do it straight from your computer or phone by uploading one of the pre-approved documents listed at metrotransit.org slash TAP, along with a copy of your ID. We'll mail you a go-to card with a full year of discounted rides. For questions or translation help, call 612-373-3333. 612-373-3333.
3: If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault
1: in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by. Stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence. And shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way
3: we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition.
2: Think your company's safe? Your staff is working from home, right? As I speak, cybercriminals are mounting attacks across the country. Remember, when we're weakest, cybercriminals attack. Hi, Mark Sommerfeld from Rymark. The Rymark team is guiding our clients through these difficult times. In fact, demand has been so high, we created an easy-to-follow guide. It's yours free. Download our five steps to securely work from home now at rymarkit.com or call 651-328-8900 for a no-cost how-to discussion. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Cloudy tonight with a low of 33, then Wednesday sunshine with a high of 56 the music is still the hottest at Krooners Supper Club in Fridley. Crooner's is located just north of I-694 off Highway 65 in Moorlake Drive. View their upcoming music schedules and food menus at KroonersLoungeMN.com This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1 U.S. and I'm
3: listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot.
4: This portion of the show is supported by J.S. Bean Factory in St. Paul. You can also order preferred coffee beans at Just Steve Juststevesbeanfactory.com.
1: Who's Justine?
4: Just Steve. I guess that's JS stands for Just Steves. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think it would. The the story goes that there was two owners, and uh, well, anyways, that's another show. Hey, we're gonna have uh, Norma Flying Horse, uh, aka uh, Red Berry Woman, on, and she's an award-winning fashion designer. And some of the things that we're gonna talk about is really. Quite interesting uh that's going on here, but it's uh, a, a Louis fa um uh, a Louis, uh a Louis? <laughs> Louis 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 uh,
4: Louis Louis um
1: Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton's uh Paris fashion show and there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts, and uh hopefully she'll come join us soon, but uh Haley, what do you know about this? Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty insane, and yet know. you know we talk about, we take a couple steps forward and then you know or a couple steps back and then three forward, and this is what it seems like. And we talk about appropriation and we talk about, um, you know, what what happened in St. Paul, Minnesota, with uh, walk-on teepee and people really not knowing or paying attention, uh, to sacred grounds. And, you know, when you, when you bead something or make something, um, whether it's art or, uh, jewelry, there's a prayer with every one of those, uh, strokes of the paintbrush or, uh, uh or the bead that you put into, to something.
4: Mm-hmm definitely yeah i think native fashion and native designs is not something to just throw around for anything um just to add to your uh show and your collection to say that you added something native or i'm not i'm not really sure but this whole situation was a little confusing to me i'm still a little bit confused by it i was trying to read some other articles kind of defending um I guess we can just go out and say it this is uh pharrell williams yeah um he's that well i know him by his music i i'm totally blanking on some of his songs i know maybe that happy song that's
1: the only I'm one like, i know happy
4: clap along if you feel or something oh
1: wow hayley yeah
4: no <laughs> but um yeah pharrell williams i guess had his fall winter collection that came out in paris fashion week um and added some uh i think he was going for native appreciation is one of one of the articles said but i don't know it it looked it looked pretty appropriated to me um from what i saw just right off the bat i know it was all over social media this was i think happening last week or so um and there was a lot of controversy around it so pharrell williams kind of designed this whole uh, Western America themed, uh, fashion show with, right. and he did, um, he did include, I think it was five native designers that are pretty well known across Turtle Island.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and yeah, it just, it, it didn't sit well with me. It was, um, you know, we were like who there was, they brought in music and drummers, a drum group. And we were like, who are these people? We weren't seeing names or anything. And, and then it was, uh, portraying the west so like the wild west it almost looked like down south arizona new mexico and and uh i think some of the designs and designers you know were definitely northern natives and so it was confusing it didn't really make sense with the designs
1: well also haley too what he proclaimed and again i was a a a fan of his because i was happy when he did that song But, you know, he did a whole line of uh, cowboys, and he said the original cowboys were African American and the designs too. And that's cool and all in all, and cool. uh, But, you know, appropriation is appropriation. And I think even though, oh, we have our guest here. Hey. Hi hey you hey, are stumbling norma we need your help here we're talking about appropriation oh, yeah? and, uh, fashion show and now we got you in as the expert welcome to native roots radio and uh oh uh,
0: ha- thank you for having me i'm so excited
1: and you are what is known as the red berry woman and i just want to say a big hello and a big peenie and thank you so much for coming on mm.
0: Yes. I'm so excited. Uh, When uh, my cousin Leah, she's like, you need to go on this podcast and visit with them about, you know, everything we talk about, you know, and, and so she reached out and and she's like, there, it's done. You're going to be on the podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't even give me a chance to say anything. So she's like, you're going to go visit with these guys. So I'm, I was pretty excited when I got the email. I was like, yeah, this is going to be I, I'm really excited to be able to visit about this topic because I feel like, especially right now, with everything happening in Hollywood, it's, it's really important that we have dialect and narrative to this so that people can try to uh, understand why it is an issue, you know, with a lot of us, especially those of us in the fashion community.
1: Hey, just want to give you a heads up. This is a national radio show, so it's not a podcast. So if you swear we can't edit it, we'll just have to beep you out. Oh, wow.
4: All well, I was just giving the background Norma of kind of the overview of Pharrell Williams fashion show. And I don't know if you mm-hmm. want to touch on that topic a little bit, but you might know uh, a little bit more about me or about it than I do.
0: Well, you know, I don't know about the show itself, like how it came to be. Um, that was a little confusing, I think. And that's why people were having these mixed emotions about it, I guess. um from what I saw uh, when I watched the show uh, a lot of appropriation and a lot of perpetuation of stereotypes that we have tried to combat and and to get rid of forever now, you know, and, and in what, 25 minutes he went and put almost every stereotype he could think of on this runway (laughs) and called it fashion. And I'm just like, What's happening here? And so, 25 you know, minutes.
4: I, I, what's that? I didn't know it was only a 25 minute show.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, it's probably longer than that. But I mean, it, it literally took him minutes to, you know, to 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 continue to uh, these stereotypes. And I must say, I'm a little disappointed. I thought he would have learned since the L magazine cover. But oh, obviously, no. we're not. We're not visiting. People, So the thing about it is there was a lot of... um, What I didn't understand was why there wasn't some appropriate PR done on this show. Um, That right there to me was the disrespect of Pharrell and Louis Vuitton to Native Americans. That you literally did a show that is clearly you know, perpetuating stereotypes. And it clearly had no influence from the Native people that you had part of the show. Um, and so, you know, I, I've I've been in Palo my entire life. I, I've danced my entire life. My children dance. You know, my, my grandfathers are the mandarin singers. Uh, and, you know, they're legends. So I, I know what I'm talking about when I say that they flew uh, so many native natives over there that were they're spectacular dancers they are the best of the best singers dancers they I mean every one of those people that you I either know personally or I I know their family I know them so these are respectable people within our community that they're not dancers and performers they're people who are they're into the culture that they um you know that that we're trying to keep alive. These are the mm-hmm. people he had so much knowledge and so much talent and so much everything when it came to our people on that runway. And he failed. He failed at doing us justice. And in fact, he did us a big injustice. So I just, the whole thing was, just. it took me a few days to kind of <laughs> like really get Like, cause I wanted to do a back, I wanted to do my research, which Mm -hmm. I looked in, and there wasn't a lot that talked about this show. And here's the other thing was, well, I got one interview sent to me. And in that interview, Pharrell was after the show. Pharrell says that he's honoring the Cowboys, the Cowboys. So he wasn't really even honoring us. This was not a show to honor the Dakota, the Lakota. This was a show to honor what he thought We're cowboys. And so that's fine. That's fine. Honor the cowboys show that they were, that they were more, that they were people of color. Go ahead and Mm -hmm. show that. That's perfectly fine. Why did you need to have us in the background to tell, to honor that, to tell them why Mm -hmm. was no one at that table when Pharrell said, Hey, let's put on a fashion show that honors the cowboys and in the background, we're going to have Native Americans because, you know, no one's ever done that narrative. So <laughs> exactly. let's do that. There should have been somebody at that table. and been like, Mr. Pharrell. Okay, let me remind you about the L magazine cover. Right. Mm-hmm. Come on. Why weren't there any creative heads at that table saying, you know what? That is a horrible idea. Horrible. If you're going to honor cowboys, leave the Indians out of it leave the indigenous people out of it because we don't want to be cowboys and indians anymore and the fact mm-hmm. that you're standing here saying that oh and we have the dakota and lakota here as what as right. what what were they doing right. what were we doing the minute he said dakota that was it my big mouth started running Yep. yeah my big mouth started running. exactly and exactly not, what i thought i'm not because... mad at any indigenous person i'm not upset with any one of those people in fact i feel like they were used i feel like, like pharrell owes us an apology and we should get yeah. one
4: yeah it looked like a lot of representation or what he was trying to go for was you know some of the thought the southern native tribes i mean you could have included them that a bit the more but it was stereotype. a lot of yeah, yeah. it didn't no, even fit the, the right location stereotype.
0: yep yep You're trying to say you're 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 acknowledging the Dakota and the Lakota. In fact, they had artists, Josie and her husband, and Josie and Trey, do these beautiful bags, beyond beautiful. Why were those not the show? Why were all those dancers that you flew over there, why weren't they in outfits and dancing? We just need proper representation. I really feel like this wasn't it. This was so far from it.
1: Norma, can you hold on for a break? Here we got a commercial break coming up, and then right. uh, the end of the show. Right on! Hey, we're with Norma Baker, Flying Horse, and we're talking about this past uh, show. And again, we're talking about appropriation here on Native Ritz Radio. So, hey, this the, the stories, the the names have changed, but the faces remain the same. We'll be right back after this short break.
4: Stay with us. Stay with us.
1: Hey, if you're like a lot of people, you're probably relieved that the holiday celebrations are over. But there's one thing that might stay with us from the holidays besides all those gifts, and that's COVID-19. Numbers from COVID are going up as we spend more time inside, and Native Americans are seeing even bigger case spikes. With all the indoor celebrations over the holidays, you may have unknowingly been exposed to someone with COVID-19. That's why it's important to stay vigilant. If you notice any symptoms like a fever, a tickle in the throat, or heavy fatigue, take an at-home test. They're still free and can be ordered at sayyeshometest.org. If you do test positive, you're eligible for free treatment. And no health insurance is required. Visit health.state.mn.us to connect with providers and receive your treatment. Let's make 2024 the healthiest year ever, securing a brighter future for our Native community.
4: The city of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's Native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune into Minneapolis Air on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month, right here on AM 950.
5: I'm Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, and you are listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
4: This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh! How?
1: Well, we we have our guest here norma uh, and norma we usually howl so next time you're on uh norma a uh, baker a flying horse uh designer of red berry a uh, woman owner and also i just want to say because you jumped into kind of the middle of last segment it's like you're the first contemporary native american fashion designer to have a gown worn at the Oscars. You're also 2020 international designer of the year. And I just want to give you some cred here when we get back into this. Uh, I, I learned this on TikTok. I hate to tell you, and this person <coughs> showed all these pictures and the bags and, uh, and the, and the natives in the background. And then also it looked like there's native designs on the, uh, chaps and, and, and if you want to uh, remind our audience, too, about Pharrell and uh, the headdress and uh, the cover.
0: Yeah, uh, he, yeah, he did the cover uh, in 2015, and it was a, a non-Eagle headdress. It was uh, fake feathers. And um, it was, I think to me, honestly, at this point, it was really kind of uh, one of those, like, we're, we've had enough this is it like this. We've had enough. This is enough, like perpetuating these stereotypes. This is enough appropriating our culture. This is enough spreading misconception about who and what we are. And especially with items that we find sacred. And that headdress was not a real headdress, but that is the whole point is that you can't sit and say, but it's not real. No, because what you're trying to do is mimic what you think is a Native American symbol, and if, although it is a symbol in some ways to a lot of people for strength and, and whatnot, to the Indigenous people of this land, each one of our tribes, we handle that bonnet differently. Mm-hmm. In my Hidatsa side, we are people of the war bonnet. It's, it's custom for our women to wear them, it's custom for us to wear them when we're being honoured, but we immediately give them away once we are done being honored with them. Um, Mm. But on my Dakota side, when we are given a war bonnet, that stays and remains within a family. It's passed down generations. And so if you ever received a war bonnet, it was because of the accolades that they wanted to honor that you had performed. However, that may be today, it's education today. It's, you know, um, a position on the Powell committee or you know mm-hmm. things like that. Um, a basketball tournament. We honor our young our young people with these things. So the things that we hold sacred are, you know, everyone thinks everything that about us is mystical and magical, and we were, you know, like like when we had a problem, we would summon the spirits, and and it's that's okay. the kind of stuff that you know, it, for me, growing up an army brat. I literally had people questioning me, you know. Oh, what is it that you you can do? Do you ride a horse? Do you live in a teepee? You know, like things like that. Thank and you. it's like there's so much misconception, and and the even down to the way we look. I mean, I'm pretty, you know, white passing. Then I start talking, and then people are like, "Oh <laughs> no, she's native. <laughs> she's, she's <laughs> then I start little talking little like the auntie, and they're like, "Oh yeah, she's Indian." So, uh, yeah. you know, so it's like growing up. I always knew that I could pass for a a white person and it was easier for me to get through doors than it was for a lot of the people that I was related to and that I came from and, Mm -hmm. and and that I grew up with, you know, I've seen people go through racism right now. My husband's going through that with the medical facility, you know, he's being mistreated and I believe it's because of his race, Mm -hmm. but I've never been the type to yell the racism card because I myself have never experienced it in a, in a manner which I feel I can, you know, complain about it, I guess, but I do acknowledge it. I do acknowledge that these things are happening. And the reason my point is, is that when we have appropriation happening on runways, when we have appropriation happening in on Halloween, when we have appropriation happening because somebody wants to look cute for a party in Hollywood, what that does, is per, not only perpetuate the, the stereotypes that Hollywood have has put out there from the beginning of time, but it also puts a lot of what we hold sacred in in danger of being lost, being lost mm-hmm. for the next generations. And right. the thing is, what people need to realize is we're not fighting for ourselves. We're not fighting for ourselves. We're fighting for the generations after us. Right. That's why it's important for us to speak on these types of things. And it really bothers me when someone has a, an opinion like this. Um, you know, it's, it, it may be an opinion, but it's also fact. You are appropriating tribes. When you are saying, you know, the, the anytime that someone has something to say about it, it's like they get shut down because, oh, you're, you're stopping us from, you know, celebrating the culture. I don't got no problem with people celebrating my culture. Just celebrate it right. Right. That's all I'm stuck in. Like, well, I, I, I have no problem with that.
1: The, it's the old get over it, you know. Um we're we're right. celebrating you and you know we've dealt with that with now we have the Chiefs and the 49ers in a Super Bowl where both of those names have been very disruptive uh and destructive for Native Americans for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. I have a quick question to ask you. There's a um there is a fashion show in New York in about two weeks. Are you involved with that at all?
0: There are so many fashion shows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. The uh, the next one I have coming up is actually for the um, Reservation uh, Economic Summit. Uh, Res. oh. uh I'm actually headlining the uh, fashion show there in March, uh, March 11th. So, is and that I do in believe California? you have to be an attendee. No, no, this one is in Vegas, Las Vegas. And you do have to be an attendee of the conference in order to attend the show because it is made for people who have paid to be at the conference. Um, But I mean, it's those types of shows that are it's really important that we have people speaking their narrative clearly. Mm -hmm. So there are four designers on a runway when with this show. Let's use us as an example. Mm-hmm. One of us is Dakota, one of us is Lakota, one of us is Crow, and one of us is Hidatsa, or more than one. You know, but what I'm saying is, it, we're all from different tribes. And so, for me, when I started Redberry Woman, my mission was to educate and to try to stop, stop these stereotypes that we have that are so they're detrimental to us as a people and they're detrimental to, you know, the people like women, the MMIW, it perpetuates, you know, and it it perpetuates the stereotype that we are all up for grabs sexually, you know? So, I mean, that's those, that is the reason this these types of things are upsetting, you know, Um, we're all different and I just don't understand how people are not under, they, how some people do not understand that when you say you're going to represent a certain tribe, then represent that tribe. Mm-hmm. Saying you're you have the Lakota and Dakota people there, you know, as what? Background? Were they background mm-hmm. for this? Because you just minimize them all to a denim outfit. A denim outfit. Oh, God. I just I don't. I mean, I had people writing to me saying, hey, look, at this is the vibe I got. And they were sending pictures of the boarding school kids in their denim outfits.
1: Wow. Wow. I
0: mean, there were triggers. There were triggers happening with this show. I mean, and and like I said, I was never upset with one Indigenous person who was involved. In fact, I'm angry for them because they should have been the show. Otherwise, leave us alone. Leave us alone.
1: Norma Baker, Flying Horse, Peena Gigi, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, You can check out your stuff on Redberry Woman uh, and dot dot .com and uh, Facebook. Thank you so much. We got to have you on maybe a whole show because I felt that you had a lot of good stuff to say. Peena Gigi, thank you for coming on. All
0: right. Thanks, guys. I sure appreciate it
1: right on hey if you're listening to the show you're part of the resistance from chief plenty coops the ground in which we stand on is sacred ground it is the blood of our ancestors we need to resist divest join a group run for office we're still here we are the seventh generation
4: and free leonard felt here (laughs) now